0: Please welcome Dr. <laughs> Tsepiso Matenchi, friend of the show and educational psychologist. Morning, Doc.
1: Good morning, family. How are you guys?
0: We're good. Thank you for joining us. Very
1: yeah, well. Uh, thank you.
0: When do we speak to children about these things? I mean, is there a magic number or is it about, I think Mpo is old enough, and I can put it in a way that Mpo will be able to comprehend this, for instance.
1: Mm. So when you have a very close relationship with your child and you're watching them become more aware of their body, they're becoming more aware of who the opposite sex are and how they are developing and they're changing physically, they are smelling, um, they become much more self aware, you have a magic number because if you are if you are paying attention, you'll actually figure out that I think this is the right time that I can start to having a conversation. And sometimes it's more a feeling that your child is much more uncomfortable. So the magic in the magic number is actually in terms of you knowing where your child is and what is going on there. But in terms of a general rule of no, no, there isn't. Because we have nine-year-olds who are already curious about Mm. this. We have eight-year-olds who look at pornography and who already touch other kids' uh, sexual organs because they've been exposed to it. So in terms of the actual date, age of a child, we don't really have it because our kids are more and more exposed to sex earlier on in Mm. their life.
0: Your eight-year-old walks in on you and your partner. How should you talk, uh, you know, and they ask you what was going on. What would you recommend, one says?
1: Yes, (laughs) Definitely, doesn't in my mind I was writing. Don't say that, because that's what some of the parents say. Mm. Um, and I think it is important to find out what did you see. Um, I love the story that Willow says, because it was dark. Mm. What you see is that there's just a lot of things, and there's a funny smell, and people are breathing heavily. They might not even have seen anything. But other times is that we've got kids who look through the peephole and actually become curious, and they mm. want to listen on you. So find out first. What did you see? I know you saw something. I saw you. So what did you see? Mm. It's better to start and use the language that the child gives to mm. you than for you to come up with your own words because you may actually be overexposing them to things that are inappropriate or that are not developmentally um, appropriate for them. Mm. So rather find out first. And then, okay, so how did you feel about it? Uh, uh, do you want to ask me anything? Um, uh, okay, so let me tell you about it. My dad and I, you know, sometimes in the morning this is what we do it's our quality time so depending on what the child gives you you can actually use language that is appropriate to get them to be okay about what they saw and mm-hmm. understand it's more about the relationship than what you guys were doing and the fact that the child has walked in on you but remember for me when a child exposes themselves to something that is inappropriate or that is uh, making you uncomfortable it's a teachable moment mm-hmm. so instead of ah you shouldn't in on us what yeah. were you doing why are you curious rather use it as an opportunity to now establish trust open communication lines and get the child comfortable so that they can now tell you everything Mm -hmm. that is going on with them at least as much as they can
0: and it's easier for guys because we do that already anyway when we're caught we always say we're not (laughs) burning we always measure first
2: (laughs) Uh, dr samizi um how important and when is the right time to start talking having the that those conversations with with your child and i'll tell you why i'm saying that i grew up in a family where we never spoke about it it was never ever raised at any point but also the level of it was normal for a 16 year old to be pregnant mm. it was okay um pregnant mm, It's mm. and then two days later now we are planning on to making her pregnancy comfortable and so forth and so on and we don't speak how it even happened. Yeah. And we end up that's why we ended up being 24 uh, in, in a two room house yeah. where it was not nothing was questioned and even yeah. myself I saw nothing wrong by by going outside and doing things at a very early age. Because So in it,
3: essence it, how do you make sex less taboo within the household?
2: Less taboo and also to prevent teenage pregnancies and so forth and so on I hear you I hear
1: you that is such an
2: important question. The thing is, sex is a
1: difficult conversation anyway for, 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 for young people and for adults to have. Mm. We think as adults that it's very difficult, but for a young person it is, because they don't have the vocabulary, they don't even know how to say things properly, and they're using language that's not even appropriate. Mm. So what it is that you start to, to so that it's no longer a taboo, let's first talk about each other and, how, and who we are and what we're going through. When you are not used, To have DNCs, deep, meaningful conversations with your children, Mm -hmm. the conversation about sex becomes taboo. When you are not used to talking about what's going on in your life, how you are feeling, how your day is going, the conversation about sex, which is absolutely critical, becomes even more taboo. Mm -hmm. So can we start about other things that have to do with life Mm -hmm. before we start going about sex? And now, when you are seeing that your child is is changing, or when you're seeing that your child is accurate, and let me use an example. You have a seven-year-old, you've been washing with your seven year old or that you've been in the bus with several of you together and now you notice that your seven year old is now paying attention to daddy's private parts or to your private parts mm-hmm. and in fact they might even say oh that is a no no you know they might be making funny jokes let's begin the conversation mm-hmm. there, so that by the time we are talking about our body and then what we use the different parts of our body to do certain things we've already laid the foundation mm-hmm. and then there is the conversation where in a, a late childhood, and that is between the ages of 6 and 11, when this child is now moving from your womb and the safety of the home and they're now engaging with peers and they start engaging with other kids, you want to be able to have a conversation with them about the fact that you are growing up. Hmm. Your body will be changing. Other people will be telling you other things. And you will notice when your child is blooming sooner than other kids. They're getting boobs or they're starting smelling or, or you know, they, they're curious about who they are. Have the conversation then. And by then, if you haven't put in the foundation, you're a bit late, but it's not too late. Better yeah. late than never. Mm. And when you are going to have the conversation... Let's first begin with how do you feel about you, the self-image conversation. The self-image conversation makes the child to be more aware of, of who they are,
3: mm. how
1: they feel about themselves, and how you feel about them, how they feel about your relation to you in terms of asking them about you. They feel that you care, you are paying attention, and then we can go to the one that is uncomfortable about it. I, I've been noticing things on your underwear or on the sheets. What's happening? Do you have dreams? Do you get route? That conversation that you've already put in the foundation, because then it requires trust for you to speak to your child about about mm-hmm. sex. It requires that child to feel that you're not going to judge me. Mm-hmm. It requires that child to feel like if I am one, if I am masturbating, or I am thinking about having sex, or I am having wet dreams, I am not committing a sin, and you're not going to reject me. Mm-hmm. And if the child feels that they, they might be doing something wrong, and the way you are engaging with them. Tell them that, no, you're doing something wrong, you are not going to have that conversation about it. They will not come back to you because you judge them and you push them
0: away. Mm. Mm. 21 minutes after 8, we are hanging out with educational psychologist Dr. Tsepiso Matenji. More straight after this. Sunel Musician featuring Simi and Lelo kamao Sonini, Metro FM is where you're at. Conflict Resolution Wednesday. Today we're talking about that struggle, deciding when it's appropriate to talk to the little ones about sex. Pretty much mm-hmm. is what we are talking about. Um, one of you on WhatsApp says, <laughs> "Wow, this is from Cabelo." I was in primary school. My mom says to me one day, "You mustn't date. You'll get AIDS. How? You might even become a father. How?" And left G-
3: it. out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like that's extreme. The moment you get a girlfriend, you've got AIDS. No, guys, and you're a father.
0: Mm-mm.
3: Oh, what you guys?
0: Yeah. Mello says I walked in on my parents my mom saw me yo the tension was something else and she gave me a good slap for not knocking oh wow. and kept asking me what did you see what did you see yo when I said nothing it was like I was provoking her even more Mm-mm. it was the worst feeling ever that that's is from withlo nice. that's terrible yeah
3: no that's not nice so then you're not fostering a, a a space of trust.
0: Was, foster, was <laughs> so, um So, daughter, I mm. think when she was five or four or five, mm. had no idea that she had. Yeah. Then one day out of the blue, she's like, uh, w- w- "What were you guys doing the other day? What mm-hmm. other day? Like, uh, what, what other day? Are talking <laughs> about what, what? What you talking about? What? Like no, uh, daddy, you were standing over mama, and and she was praying.
3: Oh God! Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, but at least she saw it in an innocent <laughs> way. Mama was praying. <laughs> yes. <laughs> was oh, mama? She, she, no, she saw it in an innocent was way. Was mama That's going?
1: Cute.
0: Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> Clearly! <laughs> Clearly! Clearly! <laughs> oh my God! It was a prayer, my, my child. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. (sighs) Oh, I'll tell you another story (laughs) after this. We're
3: good. Now, doctor, I had a question earlier on because we're talking about um, speaking to children about sex from a parental perspective. Now, what happens in cases where I am not the child's parent, I might be a caregiver, a guardian, or even just a concerned adult? How do I then broach that subject? Especially if I can see but no one in their immediate space is willing to have this conversation with them.
1: Yes. Uh, powerful words. Tell me about you. So what's up with you? What's yeah. going on with you? Um, what, I, what do you do? Uh, so what do you do for fun? What do you like? What don't you like? How do you feel? Um, where do you want to be in your life? Those types of conversations that allow you Access Mm. so that the person feels comfortable and they can now open up to you. So you're trying to strike up rapport and establish a relationship where we can chat. And you're also trying to say to this child, I like you, I'm paying attention, I see you and I'm interested and I'm listening, I'm available. Mm. But also that, you know, I'm so cool enough that you can talk to me, I can (laughs) relate to you. So I try to use language that is... Current and it's very hard. Um, I'm constantly being told I'm using the wrong words. <laughs> you know, I try to spend a lot of time with young people so that when I speak, I'll talk about catching feelings and DMs. I don't know those things. I'm learning them as I go. Hmm. But when you are using lingo that the child can relate to, that is current to them and their reality, it, you come across as cool. And when you are cool, that, that divide, that taboo saying you're you are an adult, it, it just goes away a little bit because now the child can relate you. Mm-hmm. And as you build and establish that trust, then we can go to, so hmm, who do you like? Who do you find attractive? What is your kind of um, guy or girl? Oh, wow. You know, when I was your age, whatever, whatever. But you, you want to first establish that rapport. And don't you don't have to go heavy at the beginning. Because mm. when you do, you go into parent mode and you waffle and they switch off because they're not going to listen to you. Sure. Yeah.
0: Uh, we have a WhatsApp sent in by Tubby. Tubby says, we're on holiday with the Hubby and the kids. Our nine-year-old walked in on me going downtown. Mm. And uh, we said to our nine-year-old boy that uh, Hubby had a small añana saw. And I was just <laughs> checking to see if Hubby's okay. We suspect he knows we were lying. He's now 14. Mm. Do we tell him the truth or do we leave it at that?
1: So... It- is it bothering the the, the the message writer or is it bothering the child? So most probably when the relationship is now karma, when I say karma, I mean we are close enough, we are joking. It might come out as a joke. It might come out as, by the way, what exactly were you guys doing? Maybe we are watching a movie and something similar. I remember watching Mary Jane, being Mary Jane with my daughter, Mm. and Mary Jane is busy, and and I'm saying, no, but you must go to the kitchen, because yes, she's at that age, but she shouldn't really be watching it at that level, and I'm uncomfortable. So when those kinds of scenarios come up, throw it, just throw it back to the child, so you know, so that you get them to tell you more. And this is the part that I really want to emphasize. When you are having a conversation that is difficult about anything, sex, about rape, about trauma, let the person do most of the talking. Mm. You are not there to preach. The learning does not just happen in you sharing the information. It actually is much more powerful when that person speaks to you and tell you their reality. Mm. So it's okay to let the child dominate the conversation. So what did you see? What did you think? How do you feel about that? Does that mean you look at me differently now? Do you have any questions you want to ask me? Because if you do, it's okay. I'm okay. You can talk to me about it. So I would, ask, I would suggest to the SMS writer, that child open, the, open the door and ask them, so what are you going on? What's going mm. on with your life? So that the child can finally get to that point. And it might not happen immediately. It might take a while. Mm. But the other part, if you are embarrassed about it, if you have issues with it, if you can't even talk to yourself about your own sexuality and your own body, if you as a couple do not even talk about sex and whatever, what mm. do you think you're going to be talking to your child? Mm. Mm. Mm.
3: Mm.
0: Franz says, my son is six. He asked his mom, what does having sex mean? And she said, go ask your dad. How? It wasn't easy. I thought we were close. But then everything I told him, he said he heard in the school transport. Yo, wow.
1: Oh, my God! yeah, yep, yep, yeah, yep. mm. so what did he hear? Does Brown know what it is that the child has?
0: yeah,
1: beyond what is sex, okay, mm. so we know that some kids completely do not really understand success is, is just an abstract concept, they yeah. can't necessarily yeah. relate to it, even if they saw you guys kissing or they saw something or they smell something, they don't necessarily relate it to sex, mm. so when you ask what it is, what do you think it is, and you probe more, you'll actually understand by the way. Some kids, as young as six, they think sex is the... is you guys being next to each other. Mm. It is you guys, uh, your, your, your your private parts touching. They don't even know that there's something that goes into another thing and then you, there's up to and fro thrusting and it happens. And they don't know anything. Their concept is not there. Mm. They might not even know the difference between the different parts of their genitals or their private areas. So for you to assume, oh, sex it means people who love each other do one thing. You are imposing something that may not necessarily be within mm. the child's uh, cognitive frame yeah. of reference.
0: Mm. Mm. Joy says, my son is we had the talk with him in January. For me, it was because I wanted him to be aware of sexual abuse, etc. Mm, My stomach yeah. was in knots. I was sweating and nervous. <laughs> mm. I asked him what sex was, and I was shocked to find out that he knew mm, and he, d- he yeah. could explain it to me.
1: Yeah. Um, like I said earlier in the beginning, that we've got a lot of kids who are more and more um, exposed to, to sex. Some of them they look at videos there's people who go, go around with websites who go around with uh, pictures that show kids you don't even know and family members or uh, it's outside people, mm. it's even kids amongst themselves. Some of the kids they stay in rooms where they can see what the adults are doing, and the adults are not responsible enough to close yeah. and then they go and expose that to your child when you are very vigilant about how you expose them. Mm. When that conversation comes, take a deep breath it's not an attack it's nothing personal. It's a learning opportunity, it's a mm. teachable moment for your child. When you are struggling with it, it's okay to say, hey, I don't really know what to say to you now. I'm going to do more research. I'll come back and speak to you. Mm. About it. It's okay to say that. It is also okay to say, because you are a boy, I think daddy would be the best person to speak to you about it. And then you caucus with daddy, mm. and you come up with a strategy, and then you approach it. Because if you're not in the right frame to say the right things, you're actually going to end up traumatizing that child mm. or so, making them even more curious to one experiment.
3: Now, when it comes to certain parents who might be listening to all this and saying, listen, this is too much for me, is it acceptable to just leave everything to the school?
1: Yeah, No, it isn't. You, I believe that you're supposed to be a master of, over your child. You're mm. supposed to be the expert on your child. You're supposed to be able to pick up the non-verbal and the verbal things that the child is, speaking, is saying. And in a classroom of 30, 40, even if it's 15, mm. they don't necessarily have that personal relationship. Mm. So you are supposed to be the one who's in command in terms of how your child is going to especially when they're still vulnerable. So, no, you do not get a lot of jail free ticket card yeah, when, you yeah. when you're comfortable. <laughs> mm. What you can do, though, is speak to Malumi Fresh. Because Malumu Fresh has a good relationship with Litsipis. And then when they speak to each other, so you you use Malumu Fresh as Mm. your conduit. But making sure that Malumu Fresh can can be trusted and that when that relationship is established, how Malumu-Fresha to feedback about how you're parenting and experiencing, you're not gonna now interfere in that relationship. Mm. Because when you let another adult come mm. into parent your child, you're giving them power, you're giving them authority. Yeah. Yeah. If you are not comfortable with it when it's not going the way that you want, mm. and you wanna interfere, you are destroying much, much more than just correcting what malumu friends and are doing. Mm. So be mindful of those things as a parent. Worry. Mm. Sometimes the people that we ask to intervene on our behalf, we don't necessarily like them, we don't agree with their values and their principles, and and when they go further than what we want, yeah. we might actually destroy the relationship and the child has nobody anymore. Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Doc, we could uh, carry on and on. That's why we keep inviting you back because um, a lot of these things we need to keep talking about. Mm. And um, thank you for your time. Thank you for your mind as always.
1: Thank you to everybody. Have a good day.
0: All right. That's uh, Dr. Tsepiso educational psychologist. Um, I think she has a client, in fact. So we kept away from oh, her. Oh, shame. Yeah. I know. She's 20 minutes late. I feel bad. <laughs> When we come back, we check out your voice notes. Fresh breakfast on Metro FM. Nicki Minaj.